Well, good morning. This is the day after Christmas, and I hope that you had a wonderful time with your friends and family and that you were able to really honor the Lord and honor one another. My name is Jody Van Ree. I'm the pastor here at The Adventure. We're just doing an online service this year because we really wanted people to be able to spend time with their families and worship together with their families and um, So that's why we're here together online, and we are so grateful for technology, grateful for the opportunity to be able to to come into your home um, and provide just a little teaching on a story that's really overlooked. This particular story, um, it's a really significant story, but it's often not included in the Christmas story. It takes place about eight days after the birth of Jesus, and uh, it The theme is often centered around the Holy Spirit and the prophetic, but another aspect that I noticed of this was that of age. Um, Age is kind of a big deal. You know, you think about it, you're like, oh, how old are your kids? Or, you know, how old is your dog? Or, you know, if the kids are, are little, oh, they're 14 weeks. Or, you know, you don't ever ask adults that. How many weeks old are you? But, um... This particular passage is about two elderly people named Simeon and Anna, or Anna, and the baby Jesus. And our society tends to really overlook the elderly. But the Bible does just the opposite. The Bible honors age, and it actually says in Psalm 92 that those who are old will actually bear much fruit. They will continue to be green, even in their old age. And that's what's true about this this particular story, is Simeon and Anna are both elderly, but they are used mightily of the Lord. So I want to encourage you, if you are someone who's uh, got more years behind you than you do in front of you, I really want to encourage you, God still has plans for you, and God still wants to use you for His kingdom and His glory, as you'll see in the following story. This is taken out of Luke chapter 2. Starting with verse 25, at that time, this is right after the birth of Jesus, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Now I want you to hear this. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Some versions say that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the term consolation means to console or to comfort. And Simeon had been waiting for this for his whole life. Now, it doesn't say that he was a priest. It doesn't say that he was any kind of a a particular spiritual leader, just that he was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah. Pretty Pretty good way to be. Verse 27 says, that day, the Spirit led him to the temple. Now, this guy is really in tune with the Holy Spirit, as you can see. He's, the Holy Spirit has revealed to him that he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah or the one who has come to save, the one that the, that the Jews had been waiting for for centuries, that he was going to get to live to see that. Even after going through a period of 400 years of not hearing anything from the Lord, And so in verse 27, it says, That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph 
Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required. This was a this was a Jewish tradition where you'd have to come in. She would have to do the purification. They would have to do the presentation of the baby. And then also um, the baby would be circumcised in keeping with Jewish law. Verse 28 says, Simeon was there. And Simeon took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. Can you even imagine? For 400 years, Israel hasn't heard a word from the Lord. And they're under the reign and the rule of the Roman Empire. And all hope was really lost. But here is this man who is so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he hears what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to him about his future and about what is happening in his life. And then he, probably expecting Messiah to come as a king, has the blessing of being able to hold this baby who he recognizes because of his intense relationship with the Holy Spirit. He recognizes that this baby is the Messiah. This is the one who it was spoken of that he was, he was sent to seek and to save the lost. It said of him, he would be the savior because he would save people from their sins. These are all prophecies that were given about Jesus. And here this righteous and devout and expectant man gets to hold Messiah in his arms. And he praised God. And he says in verse 30, I've seen your salvation. Now remember, salvation comes in the form of an infant, in the form of a little tiny baby, a helpless baby. I mean, there is no more helpless human being than a newborn. You know, I, I, I just witnessed my daughter um, bringing her child into this world. And when you look at a newborn baby, they, they literally can do nothing for themselves. They can't even really move. They just kind of lay there. And they have to be waited on and they have to be served. And I find it really interesting that the king of the universe, who could have come as a mighty force, he could have come with power and majesty. And he is going to do that when he returns, when the second coming of Christ. But for this time, he humbles himself and he takes on human flesh so much that he is in the form of a little tiny baby born in a feeding trough born among the animals, among the the mud and the straw and the dung. And it says that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was the Lamb of God that was coming to take away the sin of the world. And that's why Simeon says, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Verse 31. Verse 32, he says, he is a light to reveal God to reveal God. That's why Jesus came, to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of your people, Israel. And Jesus's parents, they're standing back watching this and hearing these prophetic words about their little tiny baby. And it says they were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. That's still the case today. 
you know, you can say the word God all the time. People are open to that. But as soon as you say Jesus, then suddenly you're like a religious fanatic or you're like a weirdo. The name of Jesus is both the most loved name on the face of the earth and the most despised. Jesus is a rock that causes men to stumble. It says of him that he will be the one. Jesus said, even though he's the Prince of Peace, he said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And you know that there are those who are of the kingdom of light and those are the kingdom of darkness. There's no kingdom of gray. (laughs) There's only light and there's darkness. And those who love him and love his name, it says he is the aroma of Christ. He's the sweet smelling incense. But for those who hate him, He is a stench of death. And it's saying that. That's what Simeon, here he's prophesying to Mary. Can you imagine hearing this as a parent? That your child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. It says that as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Simeon is saying that Jesus is going to be the one that is going to expose what's really going on. It says, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Many scholars say that this is talking about the reference to when Jesus was on the cross and he was hanging on the cross. And and as you know, crucifixion was one of the most brutal forms of death because people would essentially suffocate. But there was a man who had been discipled by Jesus, and he had actually become a believer in Jesus. And he was the one that was supposed to guard him when he was on the cross. And he punctured Jesus' side so that the, the soldiers would think that Jesus was dead, so that they wouldn't come and break his legs to make him sink further down into the crucifixion. So it was actually an act of mercy. But I wonder, this sword, you know, the, the Bible talks about itself as it is the the sword of the spirit it's the word of god and sword stands for so many things it stands for power and it stands for something that divides and it stands for the word of god and here he's saying a sword will pierce your very soul you know mary had to experience watching her son suffer on that cross she had to suffer She had to suffer alongside watching her son. And and as a parent, you know, the worst thing you can possibly do is watch your child suffer. You would rather suffer for yourself than watch your child suffer. And here she watched him beaten beyond recognition for us. He took the punishment upon him. That's what the Bible says. It says the punishment of all, our suffering He took upon himself so that we could have eternal life. He went to the cross and paid the price for eternal life so that we could live forever. You know, without without the resurrection of Jesus, without the cross of Jesus, the birth of Christ would be pretty meaningless. But the fact is, when he came into the world, when Simeon spoke of him and prophesied over him that he was going to save the world, that all led up to the suffering and death that he experienced. And then the following resurrection where he was raised from the dead and he overcame the law of sin and death. That is why Jesus came to earth as a little tiny baby. And that is why he walked on this earth. He dealt with everything we deal with. He was tempted in every way. He understands all of our sorrows, all of our temptation, all of our trials. 
because he did it himself. He, the Bible says he was a man of sorrows and familiar with grief. He understands everything that you're going through, and that is why he came to save you. He is salvation. He is soterio. So Simeon was a really unique, faithful, righteous, devout man, and God blessed him. His entire life, Simeon waited for Jesus. And once he saw Jesus, he said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go home. Take me, Lord. Then we turn to Anna. Anna was also very devout. And it says of her, which is interesting, Anna was a prophet or a prophetess. And it says that she was in the temple and she was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And it says she was very old. Her husband had died when they had been married only seven years. So she was seven. She was uh, married only for seven years. A lot of people believe that because of their culture at the time, she was only married at the age of fourteen. And then it says that um, then she then she was only married for seven years, and she probably lived. It says she lived as a widow to the age of eighty-four. Some scholars think that she was like a hundred and four or a hundred and five years old. And it says she never left the temple, but she stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and with prayer. This is a devout woman. I mean, this is somebody who is sold out for Jesus. And she loved the Lord and she worshiped. It says that she was there day and night. This was her ministry. I remember years ago um, talking with my grandmother and she was 84 years old at the time. And she said to me, she said, I don't have any purpose anymore. I don't know why the Lord just won't take me. I don't have any reason to be here. And I said, Grandma, Anna was in the temple day and night, worshiping and fasting and praying. I said, that is the most significant ministry that you can have. And that's still true today. The most significant thing we can ever do is to pray and to worship the Lord and to fast, and, and to allow him to fill us. As we, as we just submit to him, as we just surrender to him, that's when he can come in and fill us. And that's when he can use us in the same way that he used Anna. Because who knows how many people ended up going to heaven because of Anna's prayers, because of her worship, and because of her fasting. And incidentally, we are going to do a church-wide fast in the month of January, along with our Foursquare denomination. We're going to do a 21-day fast. And we are going to cry out for revival to break out, not only in this church, but in all of Utah and in the United States. But specifically, we're going to be praying for the Spirit of the Lord to be released in Utah and in, in the Adventure Church and each of us as individuals. You know, I just believe that, that these are the times where God is preparing us for His return. And I... And I don't know, people might think I'm crazy for saying that, but I truly believe that the days of Jesus' return are really getting close. And if you read Matthew chapter 24, you can see all the signs of the end of the age, and it sounds like it's talking about our current situation. And now is a time for us, in the same way that, that this widow, she was so faithful, and her, her entire life was consumed in the things of the Lord and consumed with worship and fasting and prayer. 
And it says in verse 38, it says, Anna came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. Now imagine, again, there's been the the silent period, the 400 years of silence, the intertestamental period where they hadn't heard from God. And here she is going about her daily routine in the temple. And all of a sudden she hears Simeon talking to Mary and Joseph. And they've come to dedicate this baby to circumcise this little boy. And it says in Anna, because she was so in tune with the Holy Spirit, it says she began to praise God. And it says, and then she talked about that child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. That is so powerful. Here, this woman who is completely sold out for the Lord, she's completely given herself to the things of the Lord. She gets to see the salvation of Israel. She gets to see the, the Messiah come. Oh, I'm, I bet she was just so blown away by this. And it says, and then she was so overwhelmed that she talked to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And I'm finding in my life right now, and you probably are as well, people are desperate for something. They're desperate for purpose. They're desperate to know what in the world is going on. Literally, what in the world is going on? And what is God doing? Does God even exist? How could he allow all of these horrible things to happen? And yet, all of this is moving us in preparation toward wanting to tell people, being the light, and being the people that bring this message of hope like Anna, because people are waiting expectantly. There are those, like I said, there are those who are going to choose Jesus, and I hope that that's who you are. I hope you're one of those people that that this Christmas, that becomes the best gift you could ever get, is the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of knowing that you will be in heaven with God. Because the only other option is to reject him and to face an eternity of destruction. But he's saying to you, please come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying he is humble and meek. He allowed himself to to become like us so that he could save us. And if you are somebody and you do know Jesus and you have walked with Jesus, be like Anna. Be someone who is sold out to telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the hope for the nations. And this Christmas, I hope and pray for you and for your family that this has been the best Christmas you've ever had. And moving in to 2022 that God would blow you away with his goodness and that you would get to to partner with him in seeing his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you and happy new year. We'll see you January 2nd. We're going to be talking about new things and then next month we're going to start our new series called The Jesus Stories and that's going to be really, really fun. So I love you. I miss you, and I hope that you're doing well. God bless you.